Welcome to Health Systems CIO's Partner Perspective Interview Series. I'm Anthony Guerra, founder and editor-in-chief. Today we're talking with Chartist Group's Craig Schlussberg and Greg Benson about the state of ERP implementations in healthcare. Craig is a principal with the organization, and Greg is director and ERP national practice leader. Gentlemen, thanks for joining me today. Uh, thanks, thanks Anthony. Thank yeah. All right, let's start off. Why don't you tell me a little bit about your organization and your roles there? Sure, I'll start off. I'm Craig. Um, Anthony, the Chartist Group is a consulting firm with over 500 professionals uh, dedicated to improving the delivery of healthcare in the world. Healthcare is our sole focus, and we work with our clients on their clinical and operational strategies, helping them to improve their performance, and helping to ensure that they get the most value out of their IT investments. Um, as you mentioned, Greg and I are both partners. We're partners in our business informatics and technology practice, of which ERP is a major part. Um, and uh, for my part, I've been in healthcare consulting and in IT specifically for over 25 years. Greg? And Greg, I've, I've um, been in uh, healthcare, IT, and ERP for over 20 years, pioneered some of the early adopter cloud and ERP solutions, and helped with implementations for over 50 healthcare organizations over the last 20 years. And, All right. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. And, 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 Co-lead the uh, the ERP practice with Craig. All right, very good. So you're both obviously uh, very involved uh, with ERP implementations, and uh, I believe they are on the rise. Uh, so can you tell me why they're on the rise? Yeah, well, for for one, the ERP landscape is really evolving, I and mean, what we've seen is uh, after years of focusing on EHRs and clinical systems. Um, healthcare organizations largely have those systems in place, and we're seeing a big shift now over to ERP and the cost savings and operational improvement and data integration that organizations can expect now out of these new cloud-based ERP systems. Um, M&A, uh, the uptick in M&A activity has also been a major driver as organizations are, are forced to, in some cases, replace or integrate their ERP systems with others. But this year, especially, the pandemic's been a major driver, this uh, patchwork of disparate HR and supply chain and finance systems has really prevented healthcare leaders from having the access to real-time data that they really should have had for decision-making through the pandemic. And, you know, from things like supply chain systems that really struggle to locate reputable sources of PPE to uh, HR systems that were challenged to keep up with the demands of the newly remote workforce. It's like the pandemic's broken down years worth of barriers to replacing and uh, optimizing these ERP systems. And Anthony, the, uh, the ERP systems have dramatically changed over the last three to five years. They're smarter, faster, leaner, and can keep pace with business change. But importantly, the, uh, the multi-tenant cloud environment that has been developing, taking the place of single-tenant and on-premise uh, solutions for ERP, has really revolutionized the way that ERP is, is deployed and really facilitates healthcare operations in terms of the, uh, the business uh, operations within a healthcare organization. So you're now able to achieve really strategic gains in ROI and, um, and strategy with uh, the new ERP systems, whereas before it was really more focused on EHR and getting the clinical systems in place. Yeah. So 
Craig, you mentioned PPE, and we know that was a huge thing. So you're saying you can see a direct tie between health systems trying to move on things like that and the, the fact that if they had a patchwork ERP environment, they were inhibited from being successful there. Can you tell me more about that, Craig? Yeah, just the, the, the integration between those systems. So, uh, and really the agility and, and ability to change quickly, you know, with those systems. So when you've got uh, disparate systems and you've got supply chain systems with a lot of manual process without, you know, uh, new uh, uh, AI type of tools and RPA, uh, robotic, you know, process automation type of tools and really old type of standard systems, you're limited to just the, the uh, contract management capabilities of your old system. There aren't tie-ins with the finance system. There aren't tie-ins with, with your clinical systems um, from a need standpoint. And it just makes it more difficult to get real-time information out and to be able to change quickly to adapt to what the market needs. You know, in that case, it's you know, being able to have access to additional suppliers of, uh, of materials to be able to quickly change when current suppliers aren't able to supply the organization with what it needs. Right, right. So, so Greg, it's it's a sort of a combination of things coming together. Um, number one, they were sort of done with the EMR stuff, right? So you had some capacity perhaps opening up there. You had the pandemic coming in, highlighting the deficiencies of their current environment. And then you had an environment where the the systems available out there now that they're in the cloud gave you an improved environment. So would you say, is it kind of those three and perhaps other things coming together to make ERP a natural pivot point for um, health systems say, okay, this makes sense. We need to go here now. It is absolutely the, uh, you know, the pandemic shown a bright spotlight on what needs to happen with the visibility across the entire organization. So as Craig was saying, the, um, the ability for these formerly siloed business operations to be able to speak to each other um, and be able to pass information back and forth so that financial officers, for instance, can get real-time data about what's going on with the organization from budget to actual expenditures, from having to, uh, to locate PPE gear and get it in the right place at the right time. All of that is facilitated by the new new technology and the really the next generation ERP systems and platforms on which they reside. So the, the multi-tenant cloud has made it so that there's a great deal of portability in terms of the, uh, the database and the ability to manage everything remotely. But that has really facilitated a, uh, a rapid change in the, uh, in the deployment of uh, supply chain systems and solutions. So, Craig, um, are there really, a, a, and we'll probably get into this more in a little bit, but I'm thinking there's a, a, a very different set of internal customers that you're dealing with if you're a CIO and you're rolling out ERP, right? So EHR yeah. has always been doctors and nurses. I mean, you're dealing with the clinicians and yeah. they're their own challenge. Uh, there, there's their own methodology for dealing with them. There's probably some similarities, no matter who you're rolling out a system to in terms of getting buy-in and things like that. Right. But with ERP, you're dealing more, I would imagine, with the business internal employees, the business people, as opposed to the clinicians. Right. Big difference there, right? 
Big, big difference. So first you're dealing with operational leadership and that's a big opportunity for the CIO to really help the organization uh, come together, you know, and move forward with these kinds of decisions. You've got, you know, in many cases, um, supply chain and materials management leaders who have had their own system for years and who have, uh, you know, who feel strongly about a particular vendor system and feel strongly about, you know, potential future vendor systems. You've got chief human resources officers who might feel very differently about the system that they're using and the systems that they'd like to move to and other departmental leaders as well. So that's in itself a challenge, but it's, a, it's an opportunity area for CIOs who can help organizations to understand what these new integrated systems have to offer to help build consensus around you know, the platform for change, to help the organization realize that uh, really it's the sum of the, some of its parts and to, um, uh, to generate, you know, to really engage the, the key stakeholders and generate that um, interest and willingness to move ahead with integrated systems, uh, recognizing that it makes sense for the organization as a whole. Um, Greg, let's talk a little bit about, you know, so if, if they're pivoting, if, if they have capacity, um, you could go anywhere, right? You can do anything mm-hmm. with capacity. You don't necessarily need to do ERP. But we talked about some reasons they might be doing it. You know, we talk a lot about governance in terms of an organization deciding where they're going to spend their money. And we talk a lot about the CIO being a leader as opposed to a follower. And that's always a mix there. They follow the CEO, but they need to lead and bring ideas and things like that. They don't want to just do what they're told, so to speak, and be order takers. you got a lot of things going on here. What is the CIO's role right now? in promoting ERP uh, and and working within the governance structure of a health system, what are they supposed to do? I think the CIO needs to point out that the change to the transformation to a new ERP system is not an, a, a decision for new ERP. It's not a technology decision. It's a people process and technology decision. There is a, a ton of return on investment available through employing the latest and greatest systems in the cloud. So moving to multi-tenancy and a cloud solution comes with a lower bottom line cost. In other words, the cost of operations can be decreased. The ability to pivot, as you said, to uh, to be able to operate anywhere and be able to uh, uh, turn on a, on a dime in order to account for crises for you know, the, the next thing that comes around the corner to impact the hospital. And that uh, lower cost of operations, ability to move very quickly and respond to, uh, to, to uh, anything that comes the healthcare system's way and conveying that to the CFO as an investment that makes sense in really a business case for the organization is what CIOs are are really trying to do right now in terms of making that transformational change throughout the organization. So, Craig, Greg said that there's a ton of ROI here, um, but that doesn't mean this is easy. 
Um, this is a project you have to be ready for and have to believe in and because it's not going to be easy. It's going to take a long time. It's going to take a lot of political capital. It's going to take a lot of your budget. It's going to take a lot of your team's manpower. You're going to hit a lot of snags. You're going to have to power through those. So it's almost got it. like you got to gear up. You got to be ready. Uh, is, is that how you describe it? You, you got to gear up and you got to be ready. Yeah. And, and we see, uh, and, and that's the case, whether you're, you know, uh, upgrading existing systems or migrating to new systems, you know, moving to cloud systems isn't, isn't really an upgrade. Uh, these are entirely new processes, entirely new systems. It's a, it's a migration of anything and, you know, at, at best and, and probably a, more like a new implementation, but in terms of gearing up, you know, we see, a lot of organizations jump right into a system selection process. And, and really, um, you know, the, the challenge there is that they haven't taken the time to understand what it is they're looking to accomplish. So, you know, we recommend starting with the end in mind, starting with developing that strategy around what it is the organization is trying to accomplish with the new ERP system. You know, where are the savings going to be? What are the changes going to look like? When are, where are we looking to, to get to as an organization? And then I'm just getting an understanding of, you know, where things are today. What do you do well today? What works well in today's environment? What, what's really going to have to change moving forward? So understanding where you want to go, understanding how you're doing things today and what you can build on, and then launching a thoughtful, you know, uh, a thoughtful selection process to determine what uh, system vendors and implementation partners can best help you get there. And even that with the selection process itself, we're seeing a real change from that history of selecting vendors um, to a, a much more accelerated process today. We're no longer focused on that exhaustive list of system functionality. You know, there's just too much that these new cloud ERP systems can do that, you know, what we recommend to our clients is focusing on, you know, what are the priority areas? What functionalities are most important? What functionalities are most unique to, to your particular organization, you know, in terms of looking at, at the next system and what it can support? You know, understanding what ERP systems work well in the market, you know, what's been their history, where have they had successes, where haven't they had successes and why, and then putting together that whole total cost of ownership model so that the organization really understands what it is they're getting into from an investment standpoint, not just the cost of the software, but the cost of the entire implementation, what it's going to take over time to really do it right. So all of that before launching into the implementation is, is the way to do it right and to maximize the chance for success. Greg, uh, give me a little more on, again, the CIO's role in this. Um, Craig talked about understanding what the organization wants to do. Well, how does a CIO find out what the organization wants to do as it relates to ERP? I mean, do they do? are they supposed to wait until the ERP folks, quote unquote, come to them and say, hey, We've heard about this cloud stuff where we'd like to be able to do more things. How can technology help us? Or does the CIO proactively go to business folks and say, hey, there's this cool ERP systems out there. You might want to think about it. What's the natural way a CIO should behave or what's the best way um, to make, you know, if they believe that this is the right thing for the organization? You know, Anthony, over the next five years, everyone in every healthcare organization is going to be facing a transformative change. They're going to be looking at new systems that are available to them. They're going to be looking at how can I compete in the marketplace. They're going to be looking to the CIO to make that technology decision. The CIO has to, to your point, proactively get out in front of these decisions that are going to be made and really pull in the entire organization. 
So the decision should not be an IT decision. It really needs to be an IT and the business leaders decision that they're gonna move forward with the new system or they're going to optimize the system that they currently have. And that brings in the, uh, the budgetary considerations so that you can't just go out there and say, we're going to adopt this new technology. We've got no budget, but we'll get there. So you need to bring in the CFO. You need to bring in certainly the business leaders from each of the, uh, each of the departments and the areas in the organization. They're gonna have feedback that uh, provide kind of a directional uh, for the organization. And then as Craig was saying, you need to go through a, a process of getting everyone on board with putting together the business case or putting together the strategy for the organization, establishing real goals for what the end game looks like in terms of your transformed operations, and then pulling everybody together to make sound decisions about uh, different ERP systems that are available to them. So Craig, it's it's a don't tell me what, and we heard this before, you know, don't tell me what tools you need. Don't tell me what bells and whistles you think you need. Tell me what you're trying to do from a business right. point of view. Let me go see what we have, what was, we might already have it. Uh, let me see what's out there that might do what you're trying to do. But let me figure out that technology match. Don't come to me with the technology piece because that's my job to make right. sure we're getting the right piece of technology. Is that is that a good way to look at it? Well, don't, you know, I, I think it's important for those leaders in the organization to understand what's out there and what's available to them. Right. So, right, don't come to me with the technology. Let's jointly talk about what the needs are. Right. And, and I think the, the, the CIO can also help to demonstrate what the systems can do. So department leaders might not be aware of what the latest and greatest, um, you know, functionalities are in the tools. They might not be, you know, be aware of, of what they can do, how much is available online for in the HR example, how much, you know, employee self-service you can do. Um, there have been such, you know, great advances with, with the integration of, of, of financial with clinical systems that those leaders might not be aware of. So yeah, the premise is solid, you know, come to me with where you want to go. Let me as a CIO help explain what's out there in the market that can meet that need, you know, and let's jointly work together to, uh, to get something great in place. So we've talked about that the, they have to understand. They have to understand what the tools are. We talked a little bit about why they need to take another look at ERP now or what the new capabilities are. Is there anything else you want to add in terms of that, um, Greg, in terms of what you want CIOs to know who may not have taken much of a look at ERP? Anything in additionally you want them to know about what's going on and what's available? Certainly would offer, Anthony, that uh, if you looked at ERP systems even three years ago and you looked at the single tenant or on-premise type of a solution that was provided by all the top ERP vendors, you haven't really looked at the, the systems and the solutions that are available today. But you need to take a closer look at the way that they interoperate, the way that uh, interoperability between the EHR systems and the ERP systems have been flexed and accommodated by the uh, by the newer technology and the and the um, the systems that uh, that operate your operations, your healthcare operations. So ERP has really evolved very quickly, especially accelerated by the pandemic, to healthcare operations platforms rather than 
your grandfather's ERP system. So, Craig, large health systems only, uh, or you know, how far down does this scale in terms of cloud migration? All you that know, type it, of thing? it's a great question. I think you know, some sometimes we hear about these fantastic, you know, multi-tenant cloud environments, and it seems like that they're just being set up for large organizations. But no, small and mid-sized organizations can absolutely benefit from the technology as well and from the processes. You know, some, sometimes smaller organizations can benefit more. You know, they've, they're used to uh, managing their own ERP systems and their data center. You know, like Greg mentioned, the move from single tenant, uh, you know, on-prem systems to multi-tenant cloud. There didn't used to be an option for smaller organizations. You needed to manage your systems. Uh, now with the move to cloud, smaller organizations can really finally get rid of that data center um, and since they've already largely moved EHR operations to the cloud, now is an opportunity to move ERP operations to the cloud as well. So certainly an opportunity for small and mid-sized um, organizations. From a process change standpoint, they might have a little bit more difficult of a time. You know, we haven't talked yet too much about change management and its importance, but for, um, for smaller and mid-sized organizations, being able to take on the amount of change required in the new cloud-based ERP systems could be a challenge. You've got to make sure that they're adequately ramped up for that. But certainly from a system standpoint, they support from small to large. So Greg, we talked a, a little bit about um, not starting off and picking a vendor right away. You have to understand what, what you're trying to do. You don't want to put the cart before the horse, so to speak. So there's, there's the element of selecting the vendor. Um, there's the element of, you know, once that done, there's the implementation which would include the change management that Craig talked about, and then making sure the, the system is optimized or used or fully embraced. Um, you wanna take those uh, one at a time, the vendor selection, implementation, and then optimization, and just give me your thoughts around, you know, what CIOs yeah, I mean, need to know. I, you know, the, uh, the, the point of the discussion is, is where should I start? And where do I wanna end up? So the, um, before you ever get started with the selection process, you really should take a look at starting with a, um, a very deep strategy guide internally within your organization. In other words, understand where you want to go, put some metrics around what the transformed operations system is going to look like and, and how it will perform and work backwards from there so that you're very clear internally with everyone on board about where the system selection is going to go in really kind of a phase zero, looking at your, your current topology, looking at the current systems that you run, the need for interoperability between EHR and ERP, and then going into a selection process where you really look at everything that's available out there and narrow it down very quickly. As Craig was saying, we We've seen that uh, the selection process has been narrowed down to really those um, operational improvements that you can get out of the system rather than the table stakes, just the, uh, the ongoing operations that are included in ERP. And then go into a, a very accelerated selection process, uh, choosing the implementation partner is equally as important as choosing the right software vendor and that should be done really in concert with uh, deciding how you're gonna go forward as part of the planning phase. And then getting into the full implementation, it's, it's very helpful to have implement, uh, implementation 
governed by a internal and external EMO. So basically program management to ensure that you go all the way through the implementation. Change management is a very disciplined part of that, making sure that the entire organization moves forward with the changes that you're implementing with the new ERP system, and then support and ongoing operations beyond that. I, I would just add, Anthony, just Greg mentioned change management. We've talked about it a couple of times. I think the, the really importance of change management in this implementation process, you know, especially from, a, from an ERP standpoint, uh, what we see with organizations that don't focus on change, first off, is that they've spent all this money and time to implement grand new systems. And shortly after they're implemented, people start reverting to old processes or you know, inventing workarounds to get back to the way they're used to doing things. And often that's because they just don't have a great understanding of how the new system is supposed to work. So we see organizations be most successful when they focus the time on communication and change management and ensuring that operational owners and you know, all of the users understand and are ready for the change. And that includes understanding what's changing, why it's changing, how it's gonna impact everybody's daily, you know, their daily work, um, and having the time to uh, learn about that, incorporate it, practice it, so that when you actually go live, it's, it, it, I don't wanna say it's a non-event, but you know, everybody's really ready for the, for the system, they're excited about the system. Sure, you know, there's some trepidatiousness there uh, and concern, but they're able to use the system to understand what's changing and why. And that really sets the path for being able to use the functionality that's delivered initially, as well as you know, optimization down the road and, and being able to take on, uh, take on new, new, new pieces and new parts and tools. Craig, do you have any thoughts around um, you know, change management? There's training involved there, right? We got to train these people on the new system. That's part of change management. So when we say, okay, it's time to use it, they have some clue how. Right. Yeah. So let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. What are your thoughts on mandatory versus, hey, we put a bunch of stuff out there. Nobody looked at it. It's not our fault. I mean, but that doesn't work. If you're the CIO or you're the head of IT and you put a bunch of stuff out there and nobody looked at it and then there's a disaster on day one with, with the help desk because no one yeah. knows how to use it. It's not really good enough to say, well, we put a lot of stuff out there and nobody looked at it. Right. So. What are your thoughts with that? Yeah, well, mandatory is always a, always a tough word, but I think, you know, yes, it's critical that everybody understands, you know, how to use the new system. It's interesting, though, because, you know, go gone are the days when we would, you know, send people for, to training for a day and then turn the system on and, you know, and they'd figure it out. There's so much more advanced work now, you know, with, with the communication and change management, communicating to, you know, end users, again, about, about what's changing, what to expect ensuring that they've got the right training tools to, uh, to go through. And that's a mix of, you know, online training, um, you know, classroom-based training. There's not quite as much focus on classroom-based training as you, there, there used to be because there are such great online tools available. And also just the, um, the proliferation of web-based, or yeah, I should say mobile-based functionality that uh, in many cases is self-explanatory, right? You never went through training on how to use your, you know, your new iPhone or your Android phone. You know, we figured it out as we needed to. The new systems have a lot of that built in. There's a lot of um, a lot of usage that's uh, that that just is self-explanatory based on the new graphical interfaces and how they're designed. But none of that takes the place of you know required training 
so that you're prepared to be able to, to do your job and so that you don't have, you know, financial and of course, more importantly, clinical impacts. So you didn't like my word mandatory, but you like required. <laughs> well, it's a, yeah, yes, no, no. You know, it, it's just that, it's just that um, organizations struggle when they, you know, refuse to deliver a new sign-on to somebody who hasn't gone through, you know, the, the mandatory training. I think organizations have to make sure that the training is there, not just that it's out there, uh, not just that it's encouraged. They've got to get people signed up. They've got to track their progress through training. And they've got to, they do have to make sure that they've completed those courses. So yeah, I'll go so far as to say that uh, both mandatory and required training are necessary. Greg, we know that we, we know that there were places when ER, EHRs were rolled out that required training on the EHR by a certain date, or you were not going to be able to put in orders or whatever. Um, do you not see that as being uh, uh, the move with ERP? Oh, it, it definitely is a part of it. Uh, as you as you go through the implementation process, there's a lot of training involved with the implementation teams. So, you know, you go through conference room pilot and actually get your hands on the software system that you're implementing and, and do this knowledge transfer and side-by-side -side training of the, of the teams that are implementing the software and then transferring that into formal training that goes on all the way through the end users adopting the system as, as a change management kind of embedded with training all the way through the, the go-live process. What we've seen to Craig's point is if you don't continue that change management and training regimen, beyond the go live event when the implementation team rolls off and some of those people are going back to their day jobs then you don't have the resources necessary to continue the the, the training and the uh, the adoption that's necessary so that does have to formally be put in place and put in place as really a learning management system on an ongoing basis mm -hmm. All right, gentlemen, we're, we're running short on time. I'd like to give you each an opportunity for final thought, uh, takeaway piece of advice, anything we didn't touch on that you want to cover. Craig, why don't you go first? Sure, thanks. I, you know, like, like Greg mentioned, the, 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 we talked, we covered a lot of ground here about the steps that organizations need to take. Um, and he mentioned that, you know, in the three to five year time horizon, this might not even be a choice anymore. You know, we're seeing uh, existing ERP systems becoming, you know, they're being sunsetted. There are vendors that are no longer supporting those systems. So not only is all this great functionality there, but at this point, you know, it's not really even a case of uh, a question of if, but when organizations are going to be making this move to uh, to cloud-based ERP systems. You know, and really, uh, you know, getting ahead of their competition, uh, taking action now, and preparing themselves for, you know, what's going to come next. Very good, Greg. You know, Anthony, about uh, beginning with the end in mind is is really meant to visualize and importantly measure the end state transformed operations that you're looking to achieve when fully realized and work backwards to map out the game plan and getting there. Given the significant advancements that we see in next generation cloud-based ERP, the opportunity for operational and strategic gain is, is tremendous right now. So I just encourage everyone to get out and really take a look at the systems that they're operating on currently and see if next generation ERP is exactly what you are looking for for your organization to transform into the next decade. 
All right, gentlemen, that was wonderful. I want to thank you both very much for your time. I think this will be really valuable to our listeners. So I appreciate it. Great. Thank Thank you. you very much.